2: It's not just June. We have our second show in June. But it's June 8, uh, 2013, y'all. Welcome to the National Black Forum. Uh, you know what we do out here. Our motto is to uh, do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. Not necessity, Sometimes we'll do it louder. What <laughs> we, we advocate y'all, for uh, social justice on behalf of Americans of uh, African descent. Not, not because we don't love everybody, but like to get their day in up front. But uh, by extension, we're part of that community, and by extension, we found ourselves uh, advocating on their behalf, hey, for justice, really. But uh, 90% of our community is uh, underheard, underserved. Uh, yeah, so we <laughs> try to. Uh, take up some of that board out here on the hospital Black Forum. Hey, y'all. Y'all out there and uh, my Facebook friends, how y'all doing tonight? we got a call in number 1-888-588-3814 uh, if y'all want to call in and uh, chat with us. It's free, free call in, y'all. Yeah, we're giving away something out here. Not much. Hey, <laughs> not much. Hey, hey, we got a great show for you this evening, as always. We're going to be touching on uh, one Mr. Carter G. Woodson, one of our 12 disciples. That, uh, for you all who uh, are reckless out here on the Hushmore Black Forum, we appreciate it and Thank you, too. Tell your friends about us. we out here every Saturday from 7 to uh, 9. But, you know, you, it's hard to get it. Uh, anybody to sits still for two hours out here on, <laughs> in cyberspace, y'all. Yeah. So, you know, we archive our shows. You can listen to us out here, uh um uh, go to our webpage, hushmo black dot com. Uh Hushmo H U S H M O B L A C K. Hushmoblack.com is my website. Uh you can uh, find our shows archived the little uh blog talk radio button there that uh we archive our, our uh, uh shows on. So you can go there and download us, listen to us out there uh at your leisure. Uh and it's two cents. We've got a comment uh, uh, attachment page, uh, button down at the bottom of the page. Want you want us out here on the hospital Forum to touch on anything particularly uh, uh, going on in your area, let us know, and we will bring it to our attention, and uh, we'll uh, uh, put it out here, get it out into uh, the public domain best we can. <laughs> Hey, y'all, uh, we, we come to you from uh, the ATL, y'all. Sunny Atlanta, the dirty south of the, some, somebody call it, I don't call it dirty, it's my home, y'all. I, so, from the ATLs where we uh that's our, our home base. Yeah, we've been there all our life. So, absolutely. But a uh, beautiful weekend, too. I uh, want to congratulate one, Miss Serena Williams. She won that uh, French Open thing today. Yeah, great, great uh, talent. Serena Williams, uh, hats off to her. Won a second French Open after winning that thing back in 2002. And uh, really, for whatever reason, never won it again until uh, (laughs) today. And uh, she's playing great, great tennis, maybe the best tennis of her career. Maybe the best tennis of her career. She's 31. Yeah. But uh, put on quite a performance there. <laughs> hey, y'all. Y'all got this new phenom from uh, Cuba, y'all. I don't know, playing with the Dodgers. Boy, 6'3", uh, 240. Chiseled like Bo Jackson They say it's just as fast and hit the ball just as far. I don't know where he got the boy from. I think somebody paid Castro off down there, got that boy out of Cuba some kind of way. Anyway, Dodgers got him, brought him up this week. Already, mm-hmm. boy, done hit four home runs in about five games. Hit a grand slam to beat us night before last. Hit a five hundred, put some home run last night to tie the game. Yeah, the Dodgers, uh, and they got some boys on the on the disabled list there. When they get healthy, they're gonna be uh Something to be reckoned with. Um, well, we gotta deal with him until the World Series, Or until the championship We we're we on the other side of the country. <laughs> it might be a scary thing if this boy continue on uh, the path that he's on already. <laughs> and the five games that he's played, if he continues that path. Uh uh, this young man's gonna be scary, y'all. <laughs> Well, what I can see now, I don't know, still, you know, it's just a small sampling of uh, <laughs> of the final book on him probably. He's 22 now. You figure we'll look back at him in about five, six, that years down the road and see where he's at. You know, we have a much better uh, 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 idea. But just a limited, uh, just a limited uh uh, time he's been here, he made quite an impression out there in Tinseltown, out there in LA. Yet he's gonna be a big, big star. Magic Johnson's involved with the Dodgers now, so Magic uh, Johnson's spending money. So <laughs> they they put the team together by hook or crook. Look like y'all. Hey, I'm just saying. I don't know. <laughs> I accuse nobody of nothing, y'all. I'm just saying. <laughs> Magic's part of them Dodgers now, so uh, y'all know. Hey, welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum, y'all. You got me the Hushmo driving this train tonight. Oh, yeah, we drive a train out here too, you know. The westbound number nine. Yeah, all kinds of stuff going on in the world, y'all. Now, all of a sudden, the Republicans (laughs) who put this Patriots law in place (laughs) with George Bush, uh... (laughs) Apparently didn't read what was in the uh, law. (laughs) They didn't uh, either. Didn't uh, uh, realize that it gave uh, the president uh, carte blanche in terms of keeping uh, the citizens safe, including (laughs) reading (laughs) and listening to your email, the phone call. It's crazy, y'all. They they knew it's been there. Uh, Just uh, they don't want it there now for this president. It's too late for that junk now. Quit it. (laughs) quit <laughs> it. it's crazy, yeah. Huh? The implosion of uh, the Republican Party uh, that we're witnessing is uh, simply amazing. Uh, I'm still fabric at the locals down here in my home state of Georgia masquerading off as some Republican <laughs> a party, I guess of Lincoln. Who's Lincoln's Lincoln? a Republican? Now, they are pretending to be the party of Lincoln, (laughs) the last governor here in Georgia that existed during Reconstruction. Uh, They are pretending to be part of that uh, government? Absolutely not. This government is the same as the old Democratic Democrats that existed here in Georgia up until the last 10 years, period. With a different stripe. Hey, you can't change your stripes that easily. The Republican Party in the South are nothing more than the Dixiecrats of uh, George Wallace, period. Period. Stop it. Stop trying to uh, run from your uh, past. That's what they're trying to do. <laughs> they're running from their past, and right now they're trying to uh, uh, figure out this marriage that uh, they're trying to uh, – well, no, they see the marriage as an alarm because they got Chris uh, Crispy up there in New Jersey on the opposite end of the spectrum. They got Chris Crispy up there, <laughs> and that, that's uh, uh, one for the old uh, Northeastern uh, Republican establishment uh, segment of that party on and they ain't going for the, some of the junk that they uh, see over there on the right uh, wing of that party. They, uh, they call it the showdown, you uh, know. You remember that old record, there's going to be a showdown? Yeah, that's what's going on now. That thing's imploding even the uh, the uh uh senator from Georgia, conservative saxbysmbles saxby Shambles said on the uh intelligence committee said that oh yeah, we need those uh, uh patriot uh, uh patriot act uh provisions in place to keep us safe period this is a conservative republican pistol out of the new breed out of the Tea party is it want uh, I don't know what they want to do, but uh, it's crazy, yeah. It is crazy. And uh, uh, I don't know. Hey, y'all. It's about uh, 14 after 7, yeah. Welcome again to the Hushmore Black Forum. June 8th. What a year is getting away from us. We. Uh, Uh, trying to uh, keep tabs on what's going on. Another shooting, somebody with a AR-15 y'all, out at a college campus out in California, y'all, three miles from where the president was at. Don't it seem <laughs> to you, or at least it does to me, that uh, wherever the president's traveling, there's an awful lot of... Uh, Violent activity around it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, is that coincident or what? That's <laughs> crazy. Hey, y'all, we're going to take a quick pause for, right here for the calls. We'll, we'll be right back. You got me to Hushmo. Y'all hanging there.
1: We'll be right back. Advocating on your behalf, you'll listen to the Hushmo Black Forum. Black. Tell your friends about us. us. Saturday, Saturday, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here. Right in cipher type page said
2: Hey y'all, welcome back. Welcome back to the Heschmel Black Forum, y'all. We're trying to get a trying to get lunch in out here on the air, on y'all. Hey, we've been running all day. When we get our age, We gotta we gotta refill and get some energy, get some energy to keep ticking, y'all. Just like that. Uh, who was that, that? That rabbit. Was that the Duracell rabbit? My tour cell bunny or something that just kept on ticking. We got to recharge though. We can get the hush modes out, out, out. Last week, our last show, when our uh, homeboys called in from Ohio, was out listening to us, trying to figure out what in the world we were talking about (laughs) out here in the (laughs) in cyberland. Really, it was all over last week. We was talking about. my first book, "The Water Boy: The Life and Trials of Jimmy C. Cameron," we kind of played a tape version of uh, my uh, little epiphany that I uh, wrote about in that first book, dealing with uh, my running with the man upstairs there while on the battlefields of uh, Vietnam uh, back in 1966, and uh, I think he probably caught dialing red in the middle of it. What we do out here normally is. You know, we're we an author, first of all, so we say, we say, sell our stuff best we can. Uh, but uh, we uh, try to cover uh, current events, anything that uh, is current in the country, mostly political. Yeah, let's be for real. That's uh, what we do out here, advocate on behalf of Americans of African descent for social justice, yeah. Yeah, mainly uh, for the 90% that... Uh, don't have a voice or uh, an awful quiet voice when it comes to uh, the politics of uh, today. And we'd like to think that uh, our small uh, part uh, in filling that void is is what we did. We'd like to think it's uh, a help, small help. We need everybody <laughs> We need everybody in this struggle, yeah, no doubt. Uh, we not only advocate for social justice, we advocate for uh, reparation for Americans back from descent, those who trace their heritage back uh, prior to 1954 here in this country. Now, we ain't even going to say back to slavery. We're just going to say back prior to uh, 1954. Uh when prior prior to that uh America's African descent here in the country did not have fourteenth uh, Amendment right uh protections. Uh, like they should have, like the rest of the citizens did. So yeah, we, we uh we we you know, it's what we do. Uh not because we hate anybody, we love everybody. Uh, hey, y'all. Uh, 23 minutes after 7 now here in the ATL. Just still looking at the beatdown that Serena put on by Maria Sharapova. Poe. played a pretty good game, too. Oh, she gave it all she had, no doubt. She's a fighter. As commentary commentators like to point out, she's definitely a fighter. Uh, Serena is just uh, an equal fighter in Stroman. That's that's uh the rest of the play that's probably a lot of the fighters. I mean, everybody out there's a fighter just about That game that game requires a lot of uh tenacity and self belief. If you're gonna be successful. I mean, you're in the finals of a grand slam, you don't put you in been red offly sus six sets well up to that point you don't want seven uh, well six straight matches. You gotta win seven to win the whole thing. But you don't want six straight matches <laughs> over two week period. So you 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 playing some pretty good tennis once you get to the finals, no doubt. So uh Sheriff Oak was playing some good tennis. She done went three sets twice though. And on clay, that can always take a toll out there on that clay. Now, unlike any other surface, I believe clay, your time on court, on a clay court, requires more endurance than any other surface, I would say. Uh, while Sarah Provis, po- she's getting better at moving around, you got to learn to slide properly. I think that's what Serena's really got going for. Unlike the rest of the Americans and most players that play on that stuff, most women, she got a perfect slide. So she got a French coach over there. He done taught her how to slide on the red clay. And she slides on that red clay just like a Frenchman or a Spaniard. And with power. So when she gets to that ball at the end of the slide, she is that something of with some authority. And uh, I don't know who's gonna be Serena this year. I predict she's gonna win the rest of another two slams. By the time the next year rolls around, she's gonna be even with Martina. But eighteen majors, her and Chris Everett and Martina are gonna be even. I don't see nobody beating Serena on the fast the hard courts. They can't beat on this slow clay. They're gonna get pure D hell at Wilmington in the US Open beating Serena. She's still on her game. I mean I don't see no I don't see any Reason why she won't be she's still on her game, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just saying now, I'm just saying she's gonna be hard to beat. ain't no doubt, yeah, I don't know. Another storm, y'all, coming up the East Coast. Just came up the East Coast. A hurricane this time. Yeah you yeah. We uh was reading an article in the local paper here in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution dealing with uh, how some of the uh, Republican uh, states, states with uh, Republican governors and legislatures are. Deprive their own citizens for uh, uh, to, uh, to I don't know to try to get back at the president or some crazy stuff, but the, uh, this Medicaid Expansion Act, where they are uh, opting out of it and actually depriving uh, their states of millions of uh, Medicaid funds just to uh, 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 get at uh, the president is absolutely. Insanity, y'all. It's absolutely insanity. And we better, uh, you all, whoever lives in Georgia, write your governor, Nathan Deal, and let him know that this is insane, that you're returning away money from the federal government on behalf of the citizens who pay tax here, like myself, in Georgia. It is utterly ridiculous, and I am 110% against it uh we gotta we gotta let the government let the government know that that's crazy what you're doing. Don't be trying to ask for no tax dollars or anything else until you take the uh, money that we got coming to us uh uh from uh Washington up there period period y'all. we gotta let the government of this state know. Here in Georgia, this Republican uh, a government masquerading as Republicans. They're not Republicans now. They're not, they're not Lincoln. <laughs> they're not Lincoln's party, y'all. Hey, don't get it twisted. These Republicans here in the South is not Lincoln's uh, Republicans, y'all. Mm-mm. Y'all don't know? This Republican Party nationally is not the party of Lincoln, y'all. Hey I'm trying to get uh <laughs> I'm trying to get lunch in y'all y'all forgive the husband out right here in the air uh, we just about got it taken care of y'all. I did mention the new phenom from Cuba, the Cuban phenom that the Lakers not the Lakers but the Dodgers somehow got out of Cuba. I don't know, Magic Johnson was dealing that then with <laughs> boy they I don't know how they got this young boy's twenty two six three two forty. He says a prototype of Bo Jackson, a clone of Bo Jackson. The clone of Bo Jackson, y'all. Uh Watch out. Watch out. That's all I can say. We, uh... Going first, the Braves, dude, the Leonard Braves. We in great position. We six and a half games out, out, y'all. We... (laughs) We six and a half games out, so we we got a lot of room to play, but we got to start playing better. We ain't start we ain't hitting on all cylinders yet. The Atlanta Falcons, y'all, the Atlanta Braves, we, we ain't hitting on all cylinders yet. We should be much much better than what we are. Wait till we start. <laughs> we six and a half. Games. Remember, we we're in first place, six and a half games in front of Philadelphia, seven and a half in front of uh, the Red, uh, National. So, you know, we, we, in spite of not uh, playing our best ball, in spite of not playing our best ball, we still. Six and a half games in, out front of the pack, yeah? and they're going to catch heck trying to catch us. Ain't nobody going to, it's going to be, they're going to catch heck trying to catch us before September. It's going to be all anybody can do. It's going to be all anybody can do to run us down. <laughs> with a six and a, a six-and-a-half game lead in uh, June, it's going to be hard. It might be hard to run us down. Uh, if not, damn if not impossible. Yeah, that's what, I that's what I say. Now, obviously, I'm biased. I'm biased, don't doubt. But, uh, no, the way we play it. College G. E. Woodson coming up, yeah. At the top of the hour, we're gonna touch on his uh contributions to our uh, struggles. That's the struggle in uh overthrowing uh the separate equal laws here in the country, the Jim Crow laws that they became known as uh twelve Disciples. We uh chronicle uh the work of twelve of our uh, greatest uh, advocates uh, that helped bring uh, about the uh, downfall of uh, Jim Crow, that helped uh, bring about uh, the Brown versus Board of Education decision there in 1954. It, it took a while, yeah. This This went on. This thing went on for ninety some years. Uh, this, uh, the separate equal laws at a tremendous a tremendous uh uh uh, uh 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 damage that it did to uh american rock descent yeah the separate equal laws uh devastated our our community in every kind of way you can think of socially economically mentally uh uh Every kind of way you can think of, it uh, was uh, uh, devastating uh, uh, to our community. Uh, to the extent that uh, today it still has a uh, uh, a negative effect uh, economically. Yeah, economically. We we're not uh, uh, just uh, that wealth gap uh, uh, between uh, America's African descent and uh, the rest of the sad is not. As wide as the Grand Canyon for no reason. There's a reason uh, of the uh, uh, wealth gap uh, when it comes to uh, America's African descent in this country. There's a reason. The reason is the separate equal laws that uh, deprived uh, us and uh, them, uh, that whole uh, uh, group of people there are fourteenth amendment right uh protections here in the workplace uh not only just in education or other uh uh public uh, uh arenas society as a whole uh, was you know uh, was uh uh, uh divided, uh uh, divided uh, uh uh was divided out of mainstream society economically and every other kind of way you can think of. Uh, uh, causing us to uh be uh financially injured here and that's uh the reparation part uh of the uh my advocacy that uh i uh, uh, advocate for most strongly uh in nineteen fifty four I contend that when Brown overturned a Plessy, uh, blacks in the country in the same workplace were making sh- Sometimes uh, a, a, a full uh, two-thirds less than that same uh, white worker working on the same assembly land in the same plant and stuff like that. Well, on, not only just in the south, but in the north, uh, north, too, in the unions of the north. That thing was, after Plessy, uh, made it a national uh, uh, right to uh, discriminate based on race. <laughs> hey. The northern industrialists uh saw fit to uh take advantage of that uh, also. Indeed. The unions was uh, uh segregated in the north. But yeah. So yeah. Uh, so we on the High School platform we advocate for reparation based on 14th Amendment rights violations, not for slavery per se, although slavery, you know, doubt was a moral uh, inhumanity, one of the greatest uh, moral inhumanities that uh, the world has ever uh, known. But because of its uh, immensity, I personally, I turned that over to the man upstairs a long time ago. Yeah, he was involved in it. (laughs) Y'all don't know. So I I turn it over to him. I I just deal with reparation based on 14th Amendment rights uh, violations after 1865 when the 14th Amendment was (laughs) added to the Constitution. I contend after uh, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment was added to that Constitution, uh, this government turned around and violated uh uh, uh my fourteenth amendment rights protections under that uh, uh constitution. Period. That's that's the contention. And it and it was throughout uh, society. That's a simple, uh straightforward argument and contention that history uh, bears out. It's not a it's not a crazy uh concept. Uh no more than eight uh, uh farmers suing uh uh suing their employer up there in Connecticut about uh fourteenth Amendment rights violations based on their race. Same thing. Uh, what they uh, had to uh use as a precedent, you know, was Brown overturning that thing in nineteen fifty four. That's the granddaddy of all of them. Of discrimination cases based on race. Browns a Granddaddy, all of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, check it out. Hey, y'all, it's about uh, 20 minutes till hour now, and y'all, we're going to take another quick pause for the calls here. Try to get uh, caught up on, like I said, we're trying to work on this. dinner, <laughs> you know, something, lunch or whatever. Hey, we'll be right back, y'all. Y'all hang in there. We got. Remember, we got Carla G. Woodson coming up at at the top of the hour, y'all.
1: We'll be right back. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmore Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, seven p.m. to ten p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
2: Welcome back to the Hatchball Black Forum, yeah. Hey, it's about uh wow fifteen minutes till the hour of nine here. That's least to stand it, yeah. We come to you from the east coast, y'all don't know. got this great article on uh online about Merle Evers Evers, uh Merle Evers, you know the civil rights icon whose husband was killed back there during the day and goes back to uh, back home to Mississippi it says. Talking about she going back there uh, this year. I think I believe she lived in Michigan somewhere up that way and uh it's going back down there for some Fit Great article. Uh, says she's going back absence of uh, the hate of uh, Mississippi uh, politics. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's good. That's good, as Yeah, just don't forget it. I mean, don't forget it. Uh, get rid of the hate. I applaud her for that. I certainly applaud her for that. Mega Everett's uh, what are you? Murder Evers of Williams going back to Mississippi, absence of uh, uh any kind of hate. I know, I know exactly where uh where she's coming from, where she's at uh, in her life uh at this point. Me being born here, men are her about the same age. I mean, I was born here in Georgia, in nineteen forty-five. Yeah, in the middle, I like to tell a story, fun in the middle of a cotton field in Henry County, Georgia. Uh, that story I write about is more uh, closer to the truth than uh, my peers sometimes uh, could imagine. They, they they laugh it off and say, "No, you know, you're full of this," but uh, yeah. 1945, where I was born, pretty much, uh pair well, Paris sharecropping for one of the local uh, farmers down in Henry County. Sure enough, we lived in this wooden house, probably pretty close to a shack than a house, but I'll say house, uh, which sat pretty much in the middle of the cotton field. <laughs> the preacher's wife, oh, you know, Reverend uh, Reverend Weems, uh, the preacher, old oh, Baptist preacher, around there in Hampton, Henry County, who married my uh, uh, parents back in uh, nineteen thirty, some fifteen years prior to my birth. Uh, but uh, yeah, he uh, his wife happened to be uh, also the midwife. <laughs> yeah, she was a midwife. She came around and delivered all the babies for well, uh, the blacks. Anyway, you know, uh, in their house, she came to my house. Uh, that house uh, that's set in the middle of the cotton field delivered me that chilly uh, February day in 1945. So, yeah, uh, pretty much. I, I My claim to having been born in the middle of a cotton field is more uh, closer to the fact than uh, fiction. Yeah. yeah. That's just my little background, but I can tell you... Uh, uh, the uh what uh Evers is going to go back to Mississippi today in twenty thirteen. I mean she's gonna no doubt a lot's changed, uh since I believe I was thinking what, sixty three sometime when he, that he got killed? Sixty three, maybe sixty five, sometime around on that around that period I can google it. But anyway, that was wow, crazy times all in Mississippi. Still is, but not nothing to uh, that extent. But still, still there's some crazy stuff going on in the country. That's what I write about, in uh, my new book, uh, "Racism and Hate: An American Dilemma," uh, talking about racism and hate uh, being a product uh, really of this country. Yeah, yeah, that's just a fact. We—that's what our research shows. It's a product of this country never existed anywhere in this world prior to uh, the formation of this country in uh, 1776. Didn't, didn't 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 exist anywhere else uh, on the face of the earth. Still don't. <laughs> hey, there are some copycats. South Africa, one—the uh, apartheid uh, system they set up there, but even that came after. uh this country set up shop. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's just a fact now. Racism itself uh, is a phenomena of this uh, country, the United States of America, never before had uh, two separate races of people, the Africans, uh, and then mingled in with uh, the European whites in such a way. In such a way. Uh And as time went on, uh, um, they uh, it corrupted uh, their morals, really. The slavery did. It corrupted uh, their morals because they wound up uh, uh, buying and selling humans uh, uh, as property. Classified them as property. Yeah. Oh, it, it messed up their uh, so-called Christian uh, religious uh, dogma. It made that thing a, uh, a hypocritical, uh, uh, at best, <laughs> a hypocritical religion at best. Uh, yeah, I mean, they knew that. There was arguments before uh, 1776. The Mennonites up in Philadelphia, some hundred years before that constitution was written, argued against uh, uh, the selling of humans uh, as property. They said there was a moral uh a problem with it, according to their uh, Christianity, or uh, you know.
0: <laughs>
2: but yet still, uh, the founders, the framers of uh, the country, uh, after going through a bloody war <laughs> with uh, Britain, uh, talking about freedoms and uh, people being created equal, <laughs> they still. Enslaved uh, of the human, as if uh, somehow uh, the man upstairs uh, wasn't, wasn't looking in on what was going on there. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, y'all. It's crazy. Uh, but uh we uh we saw uh, the history history uh record uh record recorded the uh consequences of that, uh shenanigans you know, with uh, some six hundred thousand uh lives lost as a consequence of it. To rid the uh country of uh the sc- scourge of it, if you will.
1: Yeah.
2: Hey, uh but remnants of racism still exists here in this country today, <laughs> now it was a necessity almost in the South society, old antebellum society. Say a uh, racism was a uh, main component of that uh, society yeah. yeah that uh that thing had uh, not only a class system among whites but then a separate caste <laughs> a caste system for the slaves which uh was somewhere beneath the class system <laughs> that was in vogue uh, for the white rich whites and the uh poor whites So that Antebellum South uh, uh, society, y'all, was unique, to say the least. It was unique and different, y'all. That Antebellum South that uh, uh, they so uh, miss (laughs) today. Uh, Hey, y'all. We, uh... Wow. Trying to, uh... We uh, was looking at uh, one of uh, the—I don't know if it's C-SPAN channels or not—but that uh, one of the channels that chronicle new books coming out. Oh, was it on uh, just a program on Mister Jonathan Alter, his new book *The Center Hose, his political commentary. Y'all might want to check it out. I've got to check it out. It seemed like it's pretty Mm interesting. Talking about uh, the center of uh, the country, what uh, the politics of it. I, I've got to check it out. It sounded sounded pretty interesting. I wrote it down. I made a note here. Jonathan Alter, the center of uh you know, check it out for your own edification. It might be worthwhile. Hey, uh, what else is going on in the world? Facebook friends, how you all doing? Hey, we come to you all live in the living color. You all every Saturday from 7 to 9 out here on Blog Talk Radio. That's where we originate from over the internet. We use Blog Talk. There are several different uh, uh, um, programs you can use to get your uh, message out here on the internet. I happen to uh, like uh, Blog Talk Radio been dealing with them for about uh six since two thousand eight, you know? what is that? Yeah, like that, going on six years. So yeah, we we uh find it to be a uh, pleasant uh platform to deal with. Uh rather inexpensive if you want to get your voice out got something to say. Not I urge everybody to to uh get involved. We need, hey, we need, you know, the community needs everybody to, uh, uh, out there talking about uh, our rights, uh, and so forth. Yeah. We need everybody to be screaming up and down about, uh, our rights. Yeah. Ain't nobody else going to do it for us, you yeah? We are biggest advocates. <laughs> we better be, because ain't nobody, don't nobody, uh, uh care as much uh, for us as we uh, care for ourselves and uh if we don't uh start uh jumping up and down about our uh rights uh we're uh, we gonna they're gonna slowly evaporate yeah. that that is about power conceding nothing without a, a demand is uh where we at here. That's where we at here in the country today. Everybody's uh demanding this, that and the other but us. We we've got to demand our uh rights here in society. Yeah. It's not, it's not hate something hateful about demanding uh, our rights is no different than the in our that group demanding some Second Amendment rights, but we peep their whole car. It, it appears to me that they're not uh, advocating uh, for Second Amendment rights as much as uh, they're advocating the overthrow of the government. Here you got this boy talking about owning colored people again, the president of that organization. Uh, five million people, heavily armed. Here's the president, newly elected president, talking about owning uh, people again. Can you imagine? In 2013, you got some... Somebody from Alabama talking about owning people again it it's it's uh, uh it, it bears watching you yeah? we we're gonna yeah, stuff like that uh bear uh paying attention to in my mind yeah so we we i don't know how to spell black form that's what we do we cover stuff like that, archive it, and follow it down, follow it through. Uh, see where it leads to and keep it in front of our uh the public persona. That's what we try to do with stuff like that. That's dangerous for us. Dangerous for the country, yeah? To have someone in this guy's position talking about uh owning colored people. Giving the president no respect at all, talking about uh he ain't taking no orders from no colored man, period. See <laughs> now uh I don't know. It's it's uh it's what we do out here on the high school for form, you know, where our motto is to do it bigger, to do it longer, to do it better, and uh necessarily sometimes we'll do it uh, louder than anybody out here on on the uh, blog talker. We don't like to get, we don't like to get loud, you know, like here. We try to keep everything on an even keel. Circumstances uh, dictate uh, the volume. Uh, yeah. He's are he's a trans, yeah. We uh So we uh, trying to just keep everything in the middle of the road out here, uh, best we can. But we ain't gonna take one step back. I, I don't know uh, this guy talking about some uh, right to own <laughs> colored people. So is God given constitutional right? is what he said. How oh, he phrased it. I went back and looked. At the Constitution, God's not even mentioned in the Constitution. Period. Let alone give him the right to own (laughs) me in twenty thirteen. There's no in that Constitution that I can see. Certainly, uh, I missed uh, the message that uh, he got from God. I definitely missed that message. Hey, y'all, San Antonio beat uh, the Heat last night. First game, though, y'all. They beat them. I mean, I, San Antonio's tough. They own. I hope they can last seven games now because I'm thinking he's going to pick up Temple. They got to pick that Temple up in the next game if they're going to deal with San Antonio. Remember them old cagey veterans? You got to run them. You can't, you can't be plodding around out there on that floor. Not with San Antonio. you got to run them. And I, I think that I suspect that uh, Miami uh, uh, probably, uh, if I can figure it out, surely they've uh, they figured that out by now, hopefully, because they don't want to go down two games uh, to San Antonio. They want to spit those first two games at all costs at all cost. So we, we going we're gonna see. We are going to see what happened here come up uh uh tomorrow and uh see if they don't uh get that act together boy because uh, I don't, I ain't got no dog in this hunt y'all. You know? I don't care who wins this thing. <laughs> I really don't. My, my, you know I'm a home I'm a hometown. Fan, I, I root for the, the Hawks, and the Hawks ain't did nothing since Dominique Wilkins was it. <laughs> but but I, I st- I'm a homer now. Uh, anything other than that, I enjoy watching a great game. I'll just look and uh, I ain't got no darkness. I, I'm thinking Miami sh- probably should win, but I'm giving <laughs> I'm giving San Antonio all the respect in the world, y'all. I'm trying to ride the fence there, if y'all don't know. <laughs> if y'all I'm trying I'm trying to sell that finish y'all but uh, no I I think uh, Miami gonna win this thing in seven y'all close it's gonna be a struggle I think they'll win it in seven we don't know we'll see hey y'all we got Carter G Wilson coming up y'all we are gonna take a quick pause for the calls here we'll be right back after that y'all hang in there Hey you uh, welcome back. It's about uh, a couple minutes after, what is it? Wow, it's 8.10 by the Hushmo's uh, official time clock here. It's got uh, 10 minutes after the hour of 8 here. Yeah? Hey, we on the downside of uh, the forum this evening. <laughs> our new work, uh, our 12... 12- Disciples, The Rise and Fall of Jim Crow is the title of it. It's about the last, I guess, what is this, last six weeks we've been uh, giving you a brief glimpse of uh, those 12 disciples that we uh, put together, uh, who we uh, felt was uh, instrumental in bringing about the the fall of uh, Jim Crow here in the country, the Separate Equal Laws that uh, ultimately failed with the uh, Brown versus the Board of Education decision in 1954, we put together 12 of our, our most uh, strongest advocates, starting with Frederick Douglass, going all the way down to Thurgood Marshall. So we had 12. Frederick Douglass being number one, third group, marshall at uh, 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 number twelve. And in between we have Soldier and the Truth, uh, Harriet Tugman, Booker T. Washington, W. E. B. Du Bois, William Tr- Monroe Trotter, Marcus Garvey, Carter G. Woodson, uh is one of that's who we're uh, gonna be looking at tonight. Uh, Carter G. Woodson, uh then we had M- Mordecai Johnson, Charles Hamilton Houston, Oliver Hill, and third grade Marshall, those twelve. Obviously, <clears throat> obviously, there was hundreds of uh, of people who uh, carried that struggle for us uh, throughout that period. Because remember, those separate equal laws was in place here in the country for some ninety years, from some eighteen sixty five right up the Civil War, right up through uh, nineteen fifty four. Yeah, so they stayed in place for damn near a 100 years after the Civil War was over. Separate-equal uh, laws that deprived us of uh, our 14th Amendment protections that uh, injured us uh, financially in every other kind of way. Uh, so we write in our new work. Uh, we just uh, put together a story, the story of uh, these 12 individuals and how uh, they uh, played a significant part in that struggle to uh, overthrow plessy. Uh one Mr. Carter G. Woodson's his uh input was significant uh uh in uh uh in the respect that uh he in nineteen thirty three published the monumental uh uh, uh, uh Book entitled "The Miseducation of the Negro." It's 1933 now. He's uh, living in Washington D.C. Uh, he uh, go back and look at the education system that had uh, the uh, blacks had been afforded after the Civil War, and uh, where um, it stood at that time in the country. Remember now. This is 1933, so you're talking about from, uh, 1865 till uh, the turn of the century. Uh, it's 35 years, uh, 35 about 60 years. We're talking a period of 60 years. Where had our education uh, uh, gone? Uh, the, some five million uh, Americans of African descent who had been emancipated there, and 85 percent of them was illiterate at, at that time. Uh, at their emancipation in 1865. Uh, 85% of them was illiterate. He, as G. Wilson, uh, contended that, and he correctly pointed it out back then, that the education that our people, Americans of African descent, had received for those 60 years, was centered on what he referred to as a Eurocentric teaching structure. That is that uh, the education was centered on Europe, white European history. That was uh, uh, the education structure in the country. They, they set it up and they based it on their history. Now, you know, you could argue the mayor, the merits of whether it was right or wrong, obviously it was Wrong in our own, as far as workers, as far as uh, we, uh, America's African descent, it was wrong for us. And anyway, Carter G. Woodson uh, noticed that in 1933, and he uh, brought it to the attention of uh, other uh, uh, like-minded uh, uh, intellects of the day, like uh, Mordecai Johnson, who was uh, the president of. Uh, uh, Howard university like Charles Hamilton Houston who was over at the uh, law school like you know uh, uh William Monroe Trotter who uh uh was all uh like uh, uh even W.E.B. Du Bois they all uh they looked he brought all uh, his research and they all brought all that stuff together now remember College you Woodsell was out there in uh uh Washington DC, right there at Howard University. So they all got together with their various uh, uh research. He contended that uh blacks had been miseducated to the point where uh, uh to the point where uh, uh, change <laughs> was no longer <laughs> Uh, needed to uh, uh, subvert uh, uh, the ex-slaves because of the education uh, they were uh, being uh, uh, given uh, in the, the education system there. So he advocated uh, uh, incorrectly so that we need to start our own uh, institutions of uh, higher education at the very least to uh, uh, start uh, educating uh, our uh People about our uh, history ourselves and uh sure enough yesterday and uh, as a result of that uh, of course uh uh Mordecai Johnson along with uh Charles Hamilton Houston in his class of nineteen thirty three Oliver Hill Durgut Marshall, who was the top students in that class, devised a plan to uh further Uh, The work that had been done by these uh, giants like William Monroe Trotter, like W.E.B. Du Bois, like Booker T. Washington, like Frederick Douglass, Sojourner Truth, Marcus Garvey, uh, uh, Harriet Tubman, and put that thing all together and uh, came up, devised this plan to uh, get rid of Plessy. They realized the damage that it was doing, and uh, before we could do anything, we had to, uh, first of all, uh, create... uh, 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 institutions of uh uh higher education ourselves and in fact uh, start developing uh, uh uh curriculums dealing with our history. Uh and that's what happened. Fist uh uh, 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 Morehouse, uh, uh, uh well, Howard. All those schools uh, uh increased their uh uh studies into uh, black history as a result of uh uh Mordeca- uh, uh Carter G. Woodson's uh, work into the miseducation of the blacks and how the whites deliberately uh, uh took advantage of that, uh realizing that uh they could indeed uh control the man of uh, the illiterate slaves uh by uh, uh what the uh, uh by the curriculum of uh the education that uh, they were given or yeah and, and uh sure enough uh at that time up until 1933 they had been given an education that uh, taught them to be uh for the most part uh, uh, uh a little uh, a, a skilled, uh a skilled workers in the society, and uh uh that thing it got me crazy uh yeah they want uh, it got to be uh uh G. wilson uh, contended that uh, uh, um, uh he contended that the education of any people should begin with the people themselves uh Uh, goes on to say, Negroes thus trained have been dreaming about the ancients of Europe and about those who have tried to imitate them. Yeah, so yeah, that, that's that Eurocentric uh, uh, curriculum that was put in place by uh, the uh, rulers of the country. White Europeans, to be uh, uh, exact. And uh, they really... Had an interest in. They really had an a interest in keeping uh, uh, wages down. Remember, slavery in the South was a uh, <laughs> that was free labor, y'all, for uh, the Southern economy, and uh, 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 the North took advantage of it by buying raw materials from the south using that uh, free, cheap, slave labor. So everybody had a, a stake in the uh, the slave uh, slavery here in this country. Uh, he describes such a uh, education system, slow quote here, no systemic effort toward change has been possible for taught the same economics, history, philosophy, literature, and religion which have established the present code of morals, the Negro's man has been brought under the control of his oppressor. The problem of holding the Negro down, therefore, is easily solved. When you control a man's thinking, you do not have to worry about his actions. You do not have to tell him not to stand here or go yonder. He will find his proper place and will stay in it. You do not need to send him to the back door. He will go without being told. In fact, if there is no back door, he will cut one for his own special benefit. His education makes it necessary. <laughs> yeah, now that's College Wilson. He had that thing figured out. <laughs> yeah, the education that we were receiving up to that point uh, uh, showed us as subservient to uh, uh, white people. <clears throat> we was trying to imitate uh, the whites of Europe. They got together, took all this work, took this uh, brilliant piece here. Uh, Y'all get that, uh, The Miseducation of the Negroes, Uh, Carter G. Wilson, published in 1933, and uh, see what you think. It's it's required reading. It's required uh, 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 material for your library, y'all, The Miseducation of the Negroes. Carter G. E. Woodson, one of my twelve disciples. This guy did so much for us in terms of uh, advocating for uh, uh, a whole new, uh, a whole new paradigm, uh, in fact, of uh, educating our, uh, our people. That's what he uh, 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 came up with and suggested, and uh, pointed out the. Uh, uh, the uh, problems uh, with uh, the uh, system that uh, too many of us had been uh, educated in up until that point. It was 1933. And, uh, yeah, he got together with all uh, with uh, Mordecai Johnson. Mordecai Johnson looked at his stuff. Uh, Mordecai Johnson, he put that team together, yeah. <laughs> he put that team together of uh, Charles Hamilton Houston. Uh, and Oliver Hill and Thurgood Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> they drew on uh, the works of uh, those prior uh, people from Frederick Douglass through uh, Marcus Garvey, through William Monroe Trotter, through W.E.B. Du Bois, through Booker T. Washington, Sojourner Truth, and Harriet Tubman. They drew those uh, those uh four folks, Mordecai Johnson and his uh, clan in uh, his band of uh, uh advocators. His band of uh, uh Charles Emerson Houston, Oliver Hill and Thurgood Marshall. They carried that thing home, you know. them 'em thirty years. They worked on that thing from nineteen thirty three until nineteen fifty four, straight. They came up with a scheme to, uh, first of all, attack the separate but equal laws in higher education. They started out suing uh, law schools in various states, and uh, surely enough uh, start uh, that thing started to fall because they found that uh, the higher education uh, institutions, like law school, medical schools, like that, it wasn't so easy for the states to contend that, uh, yeah, we can just throw up something that's equal. You can just set up a law school and make it equal overnight. It required uh, so. Yeah, those cases went to uh, to court all the way to Supreme Court, and sure enough, those gentlemen, <laughs> led by Mister Charles Hamilton Houston. Uh, Okay, now, after uh, 1933, give you a little background. Charles Hamilton Houston was the uh, professor of the law school, well, dean of the law school there at Howard. His uh, students, uh, the class of 1933, included Oliver Hill and Thurgood Marshall. They were the top two students in that law class. He gave them a charge, the whole class of 1933, a charge to devise a scheme, or a, uh, well, I say scheme, a a, uh, a uh, legal uh, uh scheme to overthrow uh, uh Plessy uh the monumental case that that uh uh validated separate equal laws in 1896 on the federal level that thing was doing all the damage to us they had figured that out that thing had to go that thing was killing us it had to go in it and they uh dedicated it uh, uh in 1933 after uh, uh That class graduated. He moved on to the NAACP. The NAACP snapped him up because they knew what he was working on at at Howard. And they also knew (laughs) uh, uh, the top two students uh, 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 was going to come along with him. Uh, They brought the top two students out of that class, Thurgood Marshall and Oliver Hill, all uh, on to the uh, uh, NAACP up there in New York in 1933. Those guys got together formed the legal uh, defence the arm of the NAACP back then and uh set out to uh bring Plessy down. It took him twenty years to do it, uh just uh, one battle after another. A constant dedicated effort. Uh it was amazing. It's just amazing uh the effort they put in, but uh it did uh nineteen fifty four. Plessy came tumbling down, you yeah. know we don't give that uh we don't celebrate that uh victory uh, like we should we don't we don't give it as just do like we should uh, yeah we uh hey all uh, about about, uh, wow, 28 minutes after hour eight, yeah. It's about, but that's uh, when Mr. Carter G. Wilson, yeah, Mr. Milton uh, uh, shedding, uh, uh, light on, uh, what was going on in, in terms of our the education that, uh, we were receiving at the time and the damage that it was doing uh, to us in terms of our own self-esteem about us other people. All the heroes were European. Heroes, African society was mainly non-existent in the the studies that uh, was going on. So we we were always uh, muted and furious as slaves in the in the <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he, uh, E. Wilson, the miseducation of the Negro, he pointed it out uh, in 1933 that uh, we had to correct that uh, right then because uh, they were not only uh, of the education uh, that we were receiving was uh, uh, self-indicting if you will, is enslaving ourselves by treating uh, somebody else's history as a superior to our own and not knowing anything about our own over uh, some 200 years of being outside of uh, Africa. Yeah. James seek better plan I guess that's King James talking about the beat down that they took so we gotta we gotta they got to come up with a better plan yeah you gotta ride King James you gotta get on King James back <laughs> and try to hold on for dear life that's it <laughs> that's it Hey, that's gonna be the remedy, y'all. I can tell you that right now.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Hey y'all, that's uh we're gonna take another quick one, y'all, for the pause. How many breaks are we taking, y'all? We take one every damn fifteen minutes. Somebody saying the peanut gallery talking about we hey y'all, we we get we driving this train here. Y'all relax, I'm there in the peanut gallery. <laughs> Hey, y'all, uh, we, we'll be right back. We're going to take another quick before the calls. is about uh, 8.31 in ATL, y'all. Yeah. We'll be right back. you got me to Hushmo. Advocating
1: on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us, Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., right here in cyberspace. <laughs> ¶¶
0: Wow.
2: Let's see, I don't know, it's twenty minutes till nine, y'all here in the ATL. We uh moved right along. We just uh getting back uh briefly on uh Mr. Carter G. Wilson talking about the mis education of the Negro, you can see back then how for you know the first 60 years of uh receiving a uh, somewhat formal education here in the country it was uh, uh in a lot of ways detrimental to our uh, advancement uh, in the society it uh, set up a uh, condition where um uh, racism and uh, discrimination uh, uh could be carried on uh in a uh in uh, a much more uh, uh in 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 a, in a uh much more easier I, I, I'll say that because of the education that the, uh, miracles of happiness that we were receiving at the time allowed for that thing to, uh, mm-hmm. uh go on, uh, as long as it did. I mean, obviously with the help of people like, uh, what, uh, Watson Wilson and the rest of my 12 disciples here, uh, they, uh, uh, recognized the, uh, damage that, uh, that was being done to us. And uh said about, uh, correcting it and they did and they got it done I mean yeah still there's uh, (laughs) there's, you know got some ways to go but uh, yeah for the most part it did get uh, the separate equal laws off the books a lot of folks today here want to put them back (laughs) I'm here to tell you a lot of a lot of of our uh, so called politicians want to turn back the hands of time you know we can't uh, sit idly by and allow that to happen. Uh,
0: wow. Yeah. Um, uh,
2: Frank Leidenberg. Leidenberg. Leidenberg died. Senator from New Jersey started up a... Uh, ADP, the accounting uh, payroll uh, outfit. Well, back I don't know, back in the early seventies, I, I when I was out there working in the uh, computer business, working for Control Data. In fact, down here I just transferred back to Atlanta back then, 1974. Uh, one of my accounts was ADP. It was a new outfit then. Well, not new, but really just getting back on its feet was from almost bankruptcy anyway. Laudenberg had uh, took over the, the company and grew it to a multi-billion-dollar uh, concern. That's where he got all his money from. And the, yeah, him he uh, died eighty-nine, uh, up in New Jersey. Now, he's a staunch a liberal Democrat. And you remember? Uh, you got uh, Chris Christie, uh, uh, probably a moderate uh, Republican. Moderate, yeah, he's a, he's a moderate, I would say. But uh, he. Uh, get to fill that seat until uh, a, a special election is uh, called. Now, <laughs> Cory Booker, the black mayor of New uh threw his hat in. Uh, He's been talking about running for senator for uh, some time here because uh, uh, Frank Ladenberg wasn't going to run again in 2014, whatever his term was up. He wasn't playing; he got old and been sick for the last two or three years and he finally died. So now Christie, Governor Chris Christie, is left with uh, doing something about filling that seat and uh, calling for uh, some kind of uh, uh, special election. Well, uh, this coming November 6th, he's up for a re-election as governor. So uh, it made sense to uh, most people that uh, he just called that election, uh, put that uh, special election on that day to save the taxpayers' money. Do it all on one day there because you already got spending money to have the governor's election. But no, <laughs> he played a little politics because uh, he don't want uh, Cory Booker's name on that uh, ballot, what he is. Cause <laughs> Cory Booker is a pretty powerful Democrat. And uh, uh, Leidenberg is a liberal, so you, uh, that's the that reason that uh, Booker is going to pull a lot of his uh, supporters there in the Senate race. So what uh, Christie did was call for a special election in October. <laughs> some two or three, just about two or three weeks in front of uh, his general election. It's going to cost the taxpayers of New Jersey some $11 or $12 million extra. Or uh, I believe it's $11 or twelve, Somebody said it was $20 million extra more money because of uh, not having it on the same day that he does. A little politics. But I, <laughs> it's funny. I think it's uh, him and uh, uh, Booker's got this thing hooked up. Uh, neither one of them want to get in the other way, <laughs> so <laughs> and uh, so so uh, Christie uh, teed off a lot of the uh, right wing Republicans there for uh, calling that thing you know, uh, I like that. Uh, he think they think it's going to give Cory Booker a, a heads up on uh, reelect uh being elected to the Senate. There, yeah. and he's a good man. I think he probably is going to be the most qualified candidate up there. Judging by his work uh, as mayor of Newark, Newark, New Jersey, yeah, he's going to be one of the sharpest senators up in the Senate if he if make it uh, there. Uh, yeah. So, uh, people in New Jersey can look forward to a heck of a representative advocate on their behalf if Cory Bucker wins that day. Storms, y'all, we've got storms all over the place uh tornadoes out the immediate west uh hurricanes on the east coast This what- weather's it's taking a toll this uh year i mean year's just about halfway over here but i my goodness this first six months has been one <clears throat> uh catastrophic uh, weather event after uh, another. And they say ain't nothing going on with the climate, you know. I, I beg to differ. I mean, I I said something's crazy going on here, you know. I said something's crazy going on with the weather. We shouldn't be, uh, well... You know, a I man upstairs controls all that stuff. But uh, you, gotta, you got folks that know. Man's got a hand in it, too. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I got a, a good uh, friend, a peer, one of my peers said, no. <clears throat> Man's got a hand in that weather uh, changing and stuff like like it's doing. Yeah, so he can control some of it. I don't know how. But uh, no, that's just what some of the people in the street got. You know? <laughs> hey. date-to-study report on GLTs. teens. Shit, that's crazy. Yeah. We're going to do a whole show on uh, that prison industrial complex here. After we get through, we've we got about three more disciples to go through. Let's see, we got to go through uh, Mordecai Johnson's next week, you uh, when, uh, Mr. Mordecai Johnson, Charles Hamilton, Houston, Oliver Hill, Thurgood Marshall. We've got about four more shows to do on the 12 Disciples. And then we're going we're gonna, to uh, do a show on uh, that uh, prison industrial complex that housed so many of our uh, young Americans of African descent, males uh, that, that uh, is doing uh, serious damage to our uh, community. We gotta stay uh, focused on that on trying to eradicate uh, uh that juggernaut uh much like we gotta dedicate our effort to that end much like uh uh these twelve disciples dedicated to uh their efforts to the overthrow of uh, Plessia. we gotta we need that type of effort in our community to uh uh get our young people out of uh this uh prison industrial uh, complex uh, apparatus that they're uh uh caught up in yeah that's what we gotta make a dedicated effort you know, everybody to uh read uh, our community of that uh uh disease that's what it is uh horrible uh 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 debilitating, uh, a community debilitating uh, disease. That's what that uh, prison industrial complex is, and we we got to uh, we've got to fight against it. Fight against our, our young folks uh, being caught up in it. I, you know, it's as simple as that, and it's going to take us to do that within the community. Ain't nobody else gonna do that for us, y'all. that's one of those things where we as a people has got to uh uh become directly involved in uh uh, uh eradicating uh that uh, flow of uh our young folks into uh that uh, that uh legal system, yeah. We we've got, we've got to do a we've got to do uh we've got to do this. The Heisman Black Forum is going to uh, get involved in it, uh, starting uh, in about four more shows. You know, we're going to be on it for the rest of the summer, uh, probably starting in July. After uh, the 4th, we're going to be on it for uh, the rest of the summer, you know, that prison industrial complex and how our young folks as uh, seem to be entrapped in that thing. And uh, just a continuous flow of new uh, young uh, bodies. It's like a black hole. We're getting trapped in it, like some kind of freaking black hole out there that we can't uh, uh, somehow afford. Our community, our young folks, our young males somehow can't afford uh, this black hole that's staring us right in the right in the face. This building industrial complex. And the damage that it's doing to our our young people, taking away uh, their uh, all their rights, the uh, right to vote, right to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> over ninety uh, percent of us petty drugs, huh? so some stuff that should be legal. If they legalize marijuana here in the state of Georgia, it would free up seventy percent of the young folks in jail today, no doubt. Of course, the state wouldn't make uh, money off those uh, uh, inmates uh, any longer. <laughs> that for-profit uh, industrial, uh, prison industrial complex would not uh, be the same, you know. That money would dry up, you know. Could it be? That that uh, <laughs> It's a premeditated scheme. Yes, it could be. Just like that miseducation uh, of the Negro that uh, Carter G. Wilson was talking about back there. This prison industrial complex, uh, a border zone, uh, that type of uh, that type of uh, undertaking. Yeah, you know? yeah. This prison industrial complex uh, and how it's raping our uh, community of our uh, young folks borders own uh that type of uh, uh apparatus there was taking our uh, young folks out of mainstream society through various ways mainly uh taking away their rights uh to vote that castrates some uh red right there. For large portions of uh, their adult life. Yeah. It's crazy. Hey, the unemployment in our community 25, 30%. It's crazy. And it, it, but it all ties in. You can't figure this thing out uh, by taking a snapshot of where we are today. I mean, it's easy to do that. Uh, we often make uh, that mistake by doing it. But uh, you you got to go back here. <laughs> You, you you got to go back uh, uh and see how this thing started yeah. Uh, this thing started in eighteen sixty five when uh they put the separate equal laws in and took away uh uh, uh assets that uh was uh, set aside for the slaves for uh, reparation of sorts uh, back then uh that uh went uh Chunk of that was the forty-six million acres set aside in the Southern Homestead Act of eighteen sixty-six. You yeah. know, they uh, that uh, Homestead Act, Southern Homestead Act, with forty-six million acres stayed on the books of Congress of this country for some ten years. Yeah. For some ten years, that act was in place where uh, forty-six million acres were set aside here in five southern states of that. Uh, 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 Blacks uh, was deprived uh, uh, of the vast majority of that land, y'all. When the Reconstruction was over uh, in 1876, uh, 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 the northern uh, 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 Republicans got together with the southern Democrats, and they uh, took that law off the books. They took that law off the books, y'all, for a reason for a calculated, uh, premeditated uh, uh, devilish of a reason. Uh, And that was to deprive uh, the blacks of that time of that land. Of that land, they realized that would be uh, uh, too much of an economic foothold. They would lose a lot of their cheap labor. Uh, That that Those uh, blacks would... (laughs) would make a uh, uh a living off that forty six million acres.
0: <laughs>
2: Depriving them of the free sharecropping freaking uh 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 semi slavery uh, uh labor uh, uh system that, that stayed in place after the Civil War y'all for uh some ninety years. Uh, that would, if uh, they got that about 46 million acres. Hey, in 1876, when that thing came off the books, guess what? 43 something million acres went back to the government, y'all. Un- unclaimed. <laughs> it's, it's things like that that I rail against uh, uh, in my advocacy. It's things like that that I uh, 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 have a problem with. Uh, that you got to start there, you got to start and see what happened here. And l- just looking at it, is this history got it? Uh, got it, uh, uh, history got it recorded, yeah. What happened is they beat us out of uh, the forty-six million uh, acres. Uh, they beat us out of uh, a, a reparation. In other words, uh, they had to give us reparation because, like I said, when I was doing my research back into uh, the history of uh, my people here in the state, uh, uh, it doesn't. It, well, I came across uh, that in eighteen sixty, uh, the value to the state of Georgia of the five hundred some thousand slaves here in uh, the state was. Uh, over $300 million a year annually they collected in uh, revenue from the slave owners. So, yeah, it was a big business, y'all. Yeah. Everybody was profiting on uh, the backs of uh, the slaves. Everybody, the state, the uh, slave owners and the uh, uh, society as a whole, the Southern society uh, was profiting on the backs of uh, the, the slaves. Yeah, so so that civil war came along, because remember, <laughs> this this thing got to be a moral issue there. Now, slavery has got to be a moral issue, y'all. It didn't just uh, come about where the North and the South got together and started uh, killing one another uh, in some dispute over it. You know, that they never would have killed some 500,000 of each other <laughs> for some slaves down there in the South had, it, had, had they been in charge of the thing. But now they that, that thing quickly got out of, the, uh, out of control. Abraham Lincoln uh, said as much in the second inaugural uh, address, yeah. That thing quickly got out of control. They thought that war was going to be over in uh, about a matter uh, of two or three weeks, a month or two at, at the most, when the Civil War started. They thought that thing was going to be over in the flesh, yeah. That thing drove on for years, five years, yeah. At the cost of some 600,000 Americans. Remember that? Uh, more Americans killed in that war than all the other wars put together that the country's ever fought. Including almost 100,000 uh, blacks died in that war, yeah? Oh, yeah, we, we weren't spares, we were slaves. You know, Abe <laughs> Lincoln signed up 200,000, put them in the uh, uh, Union Army, yeah? Some 40,000 died at uh, uh, Appomattox. Oh, Gettysburg, I'm sorry, Gettysburg. Some 40,000 died at the Bell of Gettysburg. That's one of the Gettysburg Address that Abraham Lincoln uh, famous speeches about. But yeah, some 48,000, some 47,000 blacks died there because they put them in front of the land and marched them into the South's uh, artillery. They killed them off like uh, <laughs> until they ran out of ammunition. We, there were so many of uh, them. But Yeah. Well, that war was over too when Abe Lincoln emancipated them and started signing them up to the uh, in the Union Army. Because remember, he he wrote that Emancipation uh, thing in September of eighteen sixty two. Now it didn't take effect until January of eighteen sixty three, but uh, he he issued it uh, uh, or at least uh, uh, made uh, the South aware of it in September of uh, eighteen sixty two. He told them, so we gonna. I'm gonna free all of them black folks down there. And allow them to join the Union Army. And that's exactly what happened by January, by the the thing was enacted, uh he had two hundred thousand blacks already signed up with guns in the Union Army. It had another million waiting in land. So so right then that war was over. The South was outnumbered by personnel, plus they were uh, uh the financial the North had more uh, uh more money. So so that war should have been over. As Soon as uh, uh, Davis and Jefferson uh, got that <laughs> Edith from uh, uh, Lincoln there in September, that emancipation uh, uh, uh notice. Uh they should have called a halt to that thing. They would have saved some four hundred thousand lives had they uh, uh did what any smart uh, military general would have done. Uh you out You ain't got no, you ain't got nothing uh <laughs> You can't do nothing but lose this struggle here. You outnumbered. You got uh, the slaves that you're trying to hold. as slaves uh, they out there joining the Union Army. They walking off the plantations like 40 going north, uh, headed to Lincoln's army <coughs> to collect, uh, to pick up a rifle to kill you. And uh, yeah, that thing was crazy. Y'all. It got out of hand. It got way out of hand, y'all. And uh, surely, man, I uh, lost control of it. They, uh, oh no, the man upstairs was driving that thing because he, he wanted that Thirteenth uh, Amendment included in that Constitution to abolish that uh, 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 in, inhumane uh, act of slavery that was going on there. Hey y'all, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get back to y'all next week on this, y'all. We got to cut this thing off here now. Hey uh it's been my pleasure being with you this evening. We look forward to. Uh, Seeing y'all out here next week on 15th of June. Next week, same time, same station, y'all. Until then, we'll uh, come back and do it with you next week here. Y'all have a good uh, weekend, y'all. Ciao. The
1: Hushmo Black advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Heisman Black platform www.blogtalkradio.com